Welcome to the Jesus 360 podcast, a devotional guide to the names and descriptions of Jesus given to us by the Apostle John in the book of Revelation. Brother Daniel and myself, Blair Phillips, will be co-hosting today's discussion on Jesus, the Lamb who fought with the beast and the ten kings who pledged allegiance to the beast. So, we're going to be reading in Revelation chapter 17, verse 14 is our specific verse, but context, we're going to start back in verse 12. It reads that the ten horns which you saw, so an angel is speaking to John, says the ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast these are of one mind and they will give their power and authority to the beast these will make war with the lamb and the lamb will overcome them for he is the lord of lords and the king of kings and those who are with him are called chosen and faithful and so brother daniel would you give our audience even more context to where we're finding this description of Jesus of warring with ten kings and the beast? So Revelation seventeen fourteen, uh, the ten kings gave the beast the power in one day, and they will fight with the lamb. Now in Daniel chapter seven, we saw that there were beasts, and there were the first, the second, the third, and the fourth beast. Daniel saw was the most terrifying one, and out of the fourth beast is this little horn with uh, that speak pompous word, and and we know that the beasts represent the antichrist uh, kingdom, and the antichrist himself. So um, first of all, uh, first of all, we have to. Uh, understand in the scripture, ten kings and ten kingdoms are generally interchangeable because each kingdom actually has a king. Sometimes people remember the kingdom because of the king, and sometimes people remember the king because of the kingdom. It's like Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar. So, and in Revelation 17, uh, there were a description of seven mountains. That's also related to the seven heads and the beast with ten horns where the harlot Babylon will sit upon. And uh, we saw that uh, in these uh, seven heads that represent seven mountains, five of them were historical kingdom or kings, and one of them were current kingdom of kings at the time of the writing of the Apostle John. And then the the number seven and number eight were actually future to the time of the writing of the book of Revelation. So, but then the ten horns were all future to the writing of the time of Revelation. And they come into power at a moment where the the lamb would be actually in position to war with them. Now, uh, a lot of time in Daniel 7 and in other passages, uh, even Revelation 12, he say the power of the holy people is completely shattered, implying that the Antichrist or the little horn will make war with the saints and overcome the saints. We know that, that the Antichrist will uh, persecute the saints. But this is not about the Antichrist fighting with the saints. This is about the Antichrist and the Ten Kings Confederation in a unified plan, knowing that Jesus is appearing in the sky and they are very overtly believing that they can defeat Jesus and his armies of saints and angels. 
And so this is an overt rebellion that's completely delusional because they actually believe they can take down Jesus Christ who is appearing in power and glory. So we need to know that Jesus is the one that is coming back in direct confrontation with the Antichrist who is empowered by Satan and the Ten Kings who is part of the alliance with the Beast Kingdom and that is related to Revelation 13, the empire that will completely control all the trades, the buying and the selling with the mark of the beast and Jesus Christ is coming back to destroy with the breath of his mouth, the Antichrist. He is returning definitively without a shadow of doubt because the fullness of the maturity of sin, lawlessness, and perdition is at hand. So Jesus is returning to be the harvester that will harvest the tear in order to cast them into this burning pit. And so, so it sounds horrible, but as, as I hear my fellow co-worker Samuel Whitfield so clearly say that if you have a bunch of uh, MS-13 gangster or somebody who is far more brutal than that, who is going around killing people and committing atrocity on a non-stop basis without remorse, without conscience, when you have a hero figure that will come in and clean up the land from all these wicked people, we will be celebrating. We will not call that uh, violence. We will not call that something that's unjust because the heroes show up to clean up the world from all these wicked people who is ravaging our earth and our society. And so that is the situation. However, when we read a remote event that's far away that doesn't affect us, sometimes we are wondering, what is Jesus doing? Why is he coming back to harvest? Why is he coming back to judge with so much blood? Because it looks so far away. I remember at one time, there was one uh, incident for a period of a few weeks. Uh, the people in South Kansas City were living in fear because there was a guy who was a random shooter who is shooting a uh, car that's, that's uh, just passing by the interstate with no motive, with no target. He's just randomly shooting people and everybody was afraid. Who's the next guy that's going to be shot? There were actually a few people that were injured by this random shooting on the highway. So finally, the person was caught. The motive was still unclear, but the person was caught in a, uh, you know, in a very, very, uh, uh, skillful operation by the law enforcement and everybody was grateful. Nobody was thinking that, oh, we got to remove this person from the street is a bad thing. No, removing a person like that from the street from harming more people is a good thing. It's a righteous thing. It's, it's the right kind of justice that we must be doing. So here we have the situation where Jesus is coming with vengeance, with, with zeal to fight with the Antichrist and the Ten Kings Confederation. Well, Brother Daniel, you so excellently highlighted the, the justice of what's happening here as far as Jesus making war against these ones. Well, could you, uh, I just have a question for you and I'd love for you to share. So here in verse 14, it's the lamb. They're making war with the lamb and the lamb is responding in warfare. But 
we've had so many different names and descriptions of Jesus throughout this book, over a hundred so far, and even as early early as um, or just recently as of chapter seventeen, verse six, it says the name of Jesus itself. It's speaking about the martyrs of Jesus, and so why do you think the Holy Spirit is emphasizing the revelation of Jesus as the Lamb in this? verse very good question i believe is directly related revelation 5 verse 5 to 8 where the slain lamb was seen to have seven eyes and seven horns and he's the one who is worthy to take the scroll and open the seven seal on the scroll and the opening of the seven seals resulted in the the sounding of the seven trumpet and after the seventh trumpet is the seven bowl and here we have this set three series of seven uh, judgment series that lead to revelation 17 right now and that's why we have to retain the imagery of the slain lamb he is returning as the slain a lamb that was once slain in order that he may redeem people from every tongue, tribe, and nation. And now he's returning with the resurrected saints. The resurrected saints who have been redeemed from the nation are now joining him in a procession. The marriage of the Lamb is also the day where the bride and the bridegroom go to war to liberate uh, Jerusalem from the siege of these people. Now, let's highlight this. And this is the Antichrist in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 is actually like a magnet, an instrument, in the hand of the Lord without him knowing or acknowledging he's attracting all the lawless one to join him so in other words it's like the harvest of the tear the gathering of the tear the tear are gathered out everything that's offense is gathered out and now they're all gathered out to be gathered around one vicinity near Jerusalem because they think they're going to lay siege on Jerusalem they are going to do what they wanted to do around the temple with the great lawlessness and the worship of the Antichrist. And Jesus has all of them in one vicinity. And so he show up and defeat them and, and just eradicate all the wickedness on the earth in one, one, uh, one act and one uh, appearance. So, I believe that uh, this is a manifestation of the wisdom of God, but it's also the manifestation of the timing because Second Thessalonians chapter 2 says that the, the coming of the Son of Man uh, will not happen unless the falling away comes first. Why? The Antichrist must appear first because Christ appeared to destroy the Antichrist. So the Antichrist is allowed to do his business for 1,260 days or 42 months or three and a half years. And that was, that was cut short suddenly because he doesn't get one extra day because the Lord is going to come back and finish him off. So, but he must appear first. That's why Jesus' appearance has to be a subsequent event to the appearance of the Antichrist. And so the Antichrist Ten Kings Confederation has been formed before the appearance of Jesus. So this is very important. Jesus is not just appearing right now because the Antichrist hasn't appeared and he hasn't appeared with his Ten King Confederation. Mm -hmm. So that has to come in place first. So we can recognize the true Jesus in relation to him coming to defeat the ten kings and the antichrist excellently said amongst all the metaphor i feel like verse 14 is very clear they will make war with the lamb 
and the end result is that the lamb will overcome them. Yes. Well, some people who are playing a lot of video games and watch a lot of war movies, this sounds exciting, but this is a very brutal time of great conflict on the earth. And there is very little neutral ground uh, for men and women of faith or men and women who have no faith in Christ. It is really time to be awake. It is not time to slumber. It is time for us to recognize that He is the one who is coming and He's surely going to defeat the Antichrist who is powered by Satan and his deception. And there's a global empire rising in the future that will be one accord and one heart with the Antichrist. And the Lord warned us of that before. We need to get out from the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life right now so that the Hall of Babylon who is going to seduce the nation will not not taint our heart so that we have no part in that. Get out, as the scripture says. It is a stern warning. So here we are, knowing that Jesus is coming to fight the Antichrist and the Thanksgiving Confederation. So we are the one that will join Jesus one day in the resurrected body that will fight in the victorious battle. History is going to be on the side of Jesus Christ and whoever joined Jesus. This is not about who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, who's the right side, wrong side. It's about who pledged allegiance to Jesus Amen. will finally be able to see Jerusalem being liberated for the purpose of Mount Zion as an eternal dwelling place. So of the Lord's presence. So we want to pray for our audience right now because we know that we are part of the army of the victorious king. In the coming days, we must learn how to be overcomer right now, even in the little, little battle that we face. Maybe not with sword, maybe not with weapons, but with the weapon of the Spirit, according to Ephesians chapter 6, we must put on the whole armor of God and be able to do all that He calls us to do and still stand. I'm going to pray for our audience right now mm. that our Father who is in heaven, we thank you for your Son. In the fullness of time, Jesus whom you have received will return. And He's not returning just as a slain lamb. He's returning. He will be returning as a slain lamb who is also the lion of the tribe of Judah, who is on the white horse, who is coming in to defeat the Antichrist and His ten kings confederation. So here we are, Lord. We ask you, dear Lord, right now, that even though we live in the world, let us be not of this world. Let us be totally set apart for you and the purposes of your kingdom alone. Help us, Lord, to get out from the Babylonian seduction and the Babylonian system every day, and yet at the same time have the spirit of excellence like Daniel, yes. living in Babylon, but yet not being part of the Babylonian culture, and beginning to learn how to draw from you wisdom, provision, strength, in order to be a faithful witness in this world that so need the like of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and hallelujah. We want to thank you for joining us for this Jesus 360 podcast, and we look forward to you joining us next time as we continue on through the names and descriptions of Jesus in the book of Revelation. You satisfy my soul. You satisfy my soul. You satisfy my soul with your love.